It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Support for this podcast comes from CDW and Dell Technologies. At CDWG, we get that migrating your agency to a hyper-converged infrastructure is challenging. Like me switching to decaf. Gotta do it, don't wanna do it, but gotta do it. Whoa, slow down, friend. CDWG's experts can help simplify your transition from legacy to hyper-converged infrastructure with Dell EMC solutions that offer speed and agility. Do it, do it. Have you done it? Is it done yet? Why isn't it done yet? IT orchestration by CDWG. People who get it. Find out more at cdwg.com slash EMC. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the Locked On Bengals podcast on a Wednesday. Great to have you in. A lot to get to. Joe Goodberry coming up in 30 seconds with our weekly Bengals film review on Twitter at James Rapine at Locked On Bengals. We're on Megaphone, the iHeartRadio app. An Apple podcast. That's iTunes. Great to have you in. Joe Goodberry, as he does every week, joining us now. Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter at Joe Goodberry. Writes for Bengals Wire, also contributes to LockedOnBengals.com. Has some video stuff that he does, him and Jake Lisko, every single week, which is really cool as well. They periscope it and, and other stuff like that. Uh, Twitch, you use Twitch, right, Joe? Yeah, Twitch, Periscope, and YouTube. So we're trying to get as, get it out there as much as possible, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So make sure you check that out. And, uh, Joe, as always, man, I appreciate the time. I, I was at the game. I expected them to lose. I don't know if I expected it to be that bad. Let's not start with the bad because there was plenty of that. What good did you see when you went back and reviewed the film? Was there anything good about what you saw from the Bengals on Sunday? You're starting with the hard questions. Okay, <laughs> yes. So... <laughs> Honestly, I don't. There wasn't much good, even in review. A lot of times, you can take the emotion out of the game. Um, you know, when you're rewatching it, you can take out the scenarios of whether it's third down or they're down by ten. You can always find some positives. Um, there were few and far between. This is a complete beatdown, and mostly because, I mean, obviously losing AJ Green is going to kill your offense. But energy-wise, even before that. The missed tackles, I think they had a bad game plan coming in with, with the, uh, and, and I think I said this on your podcast previous weeks, but I, I kind of want them to play more man coverage on the back end because I think William Jackson's cut out for it. I think Darquez Denard, he comes from a man scheme, even though I think he's gotten so much better in zone, uh, it could fit them. And then they do it, and this cro- the crossing routes were open all day long, and they just couldn't stay with the guys. I mean, Pac-Man looks like he's, he's hurting or he doesn't have the burst. Uh, Kirkpatrick was never able to really stay with guys in man coverage, so he, he was getting beat there. I think if there was one positive, and on the defensive side, it was after Pat Sims went down. Um, Andrew Billings, he played 59 snaps all year. He's really only getting 5 to 10 snaps a game. Uh, he played 48 in, in, in this game alone, and I, I thought he was decent. There were some plays he, he, he's going to miss, and, and you know whether it be technique-wise or maintaining gap integrity. Uh, but there's a bunch of plays where he has some superhuman raw strength, and we knew that. But it's fun to see, man. He's just bench-pressing bench offensive linemen, getting them out of the hole, uh, throwing guys down. 
he could be a force one day. And I, I think, um, you know, all three defensive tackles really played more than they have all year combined in a, in a, in a game together with Glasgow being the third guy. And I even, I, again, I think he's been a solid rookie. But overall, I just think there's way, obviously when you lose like that, there's just way more negatives. Uh, it's hard to even find really one positive. It's our weekly Bengals film review with Joe Goodberry. Make sure you follow Joe on Twitter, at Joe Goodberry. Let's dive into those negatives and it's easy to start in my mind with Andy Dalton uh but but I'm I'm not going to I want to start with the offensive line because to me the offensive line now back-to-back weeks it's been bad to awful um but what did you you see you reviewed it because I I didn't watch most of the game on TV I was I was at the stadium and when you do that it's it gives you a different perspective so looking at that offensive line what was good and and how bad were they overall it started off okay. Um, same issues. I mean, they're the worst run blocking team in the league. They're the worst running team in the league. And so any kind of positive is minuscule when you're comparing it to the rest of the league. So it's hard to really say that they did anything good in the running game. I thought it started off okay uh, in, for their standards. And even the passing game. They had Dalton under center a lot more. Uh, I think they were like, we're not going to be able to throw on the Jags. Jags got a crazy pass rush. We need to... We need to look like we're running the ball most of the time, even if we're passing it. And I understand it. Uh, but once the Jags got that little bit of a lead, uh, you saw them just pin their ears back and start start rushing the passer, and the Bengals could not keep up with it. And especially there's one sack in particular where Andre Smith and Cedric he get beaten. Uh, Andre Smith gets beaten the way he always has in his career. He, he overextends for speed because he has to. He's not that fleet of foot. And Yannick Ngakwe uh, hits him with the with the crossover in back inside, and Smith can't keep up with that. He never has been able to. Um, he is who he is at this point, so you know it, it goes into the career lowlights for him. But on the other side, with Abuehi, if you watch his his first step, instead of it going his kick step going backwards and getting into a stance, he actually goes horizontal and almost a little bit forward, as if he doesn't know the play, or he his footwork is still that bad and, and it's quite possible that that's what it is. He was never a good left tackle, even in college. And they've kind of had to stick him over there because they don't have anybody else. And Clive Campbell, who's had a fantastic year, maybe even defensive player of the year, he should not beat you around the arc. He doesn't win that way. That's not what he does. So when you see him beat him that, uh, and beat an offensive tackle that is supposed to be an athletic guy that way, um, it just lets you know they're as bad as, they, as they've been. It's not getting better. Uh, if anything, it's getting worse because they're getting exposed as, as more weapons are, are are getting hurt or, in this case, um, getting ejected for in, in A.J. Green's um, <laughs> case. But and, and his offense shows that they are limited completely. I think defenses are just really taking advantage of this offensive line. And, and for a while there in the middle of the year, I thought they could survive. Um, and now as we have gone a couple more weeks, uh, uh, you know, everything's going bad. So obviously I'm looking at it and saying it's not getting better. And now, Joe, it, it leads me to Dalton because I keep getting this. And I actually opened the show last week on ESPN 1530 with this. The offensive line can be bad, and that doesn't give Andy Dalton a pass. And I, I watched the entire game uh, at Everbank Field with, I don't know, 10, 11 rows from the field. And I'm looking, and I thought back, I was on my way back to, to my cousin's apartment. I'm like, did Andy make one play, just one, one throw that, and I know he's not Tom Savage, but Tom Savage couldn't make, or one throw that A.J. McCarron couldn't make, or one throw that insert whatever the hell quarterback you want to know. And, like, it's not true. Like, he, ha- he didn't make one unique play. The only time they score 
is when Tyler Croft breaks a tackle. If he doesn't break that tackle, I don't even know if they score on that drive. The one time he had a chance to make a big impact, he throws the ball out of bounds to A.J. Green, which would have probably helped A.J. deal with Jalen Ramsey because it would have been a touchdown. Ramsey wouldn't have talked. A.J. doesn't get ejected. And I know that's not all on Andy. Like, miss throws happen sometimes. But I don't know one play the other day that Andy Dalton did that was unique. That that made him even good, and I people are destroying me because of the offensive line. But at some point, Andy Dalton needs to make a play, and he he made zero on Sunday. If you ask me, that's always how I've watched him and and tried to separate him from um, him being average or the average quarterback. And I, I like that you're thinking that way because I just always call it a difference making throw. Did he do something that twenty other quarterbacks? couldn't do for this team. And because this has been a really talented team, it's been a really good team for most of the seven years. So I've always looked at it that way. Um, and then pro football focus, they, they came out with big time throws. Uh, they're a little bit more lenient with it. They, and Dalton's not at the bottom of the league, but he's definitely not uh, grading as well as he does in other areas. But um, in that game, particularly, I thought the cross throw was a good throw because it was a face throw. And uh, he expected cross to, to win, even though miles Jack had his back to the ball uh, and, and make a play, and Dalton gets hit, hit in the elbow or, or in the arm, shoulder area, and he still gets enough on it. Do I think it's a unique play? Do I think it's a play that a lot of quarterbacks wouldn't make? No, I don't think so at all. I, I think it's a good play, but our standards are so low right now for him um, that we're happy to see that, that one play. And you're right. You get the deep shot to green, that changes the game, and it changes a lot of things in the game. It changes how you feel about this passing offense and this quarterback, because they cannot get vertical right now. They can't find a way to get green the ball. And here he is winning. Uh, I pointed out a play last week where they get the coverage they want, pre-snap. They get the coverage they want post-snap. A.J. Green one-on-one with a safety and Dalton doesn't pull the trigger. So it's not just missing the, the, the deep vertical shot this week. It's missing touchdown opportunities to your best player almost weekly at this point. And uh, for me, yes, the line's bad. Yes, they're the worst running team in the league. I really don't think any of the weapons scare anybody outside of A.J. Green. So, yes, there are reasons to say this isn't all on A.D. Dalton, but that doesn't mean he doesn't share a good portion of this blame because, let's be honest, it's not just this year. We have seven years of knowing who and what he is. Um, This just adds to it. This is just the worst team around him he's had, and he's having statistically his worst year of his career. So, um it makes sense when when you have talent around him, when you have a perfect team, and I go back. Everyone wants to bring up 2015 always in any argument with Andy Dalton, and you go look and start comparing those numbers in 2015 to the rest of his, his seven years, and you go, one of these seasons does not look like the rest. It's at an outlier. All. It's an outlier. It is. It's it, not it what is. he is. It's what he was for one year. Like that's it and, for 12 and games. Year, by the way. Have you seen Marvin Jones this year? He's a top five fantasy receiver. He's got five touchdowns, five hundred something yards. He's great yesterday. Um, Mohamed Sanu has been ago. really good for the for the Falcons. You, you, you Tyler Eifert, not on this team right now. Um, Andrew Whitworth, Kevin Zeitler. We're talking about five high end players or very good starters, not on this roster. He had a loaded offensive roster with Hugh Jackson was the head coach. The defense was really good. The team was. Phenomenal. And you know what? They built that team, and credit to them, and they thought they could win it with Dalton, and maybe they could have that year. But it's so unsustainable that they haven't been able to get close to that in seven years. They got one peak, it didn't work, and now everything comes crumbling down because it's so hard to build a perfect team around a quarterback that needs it.
Yeah, I agree completely, Joe. And this is our weekly Bengals film review with Joe Goodberry right here on the Locked on Bengals podcast. Real quick, want to tell you about my bookie because if you're looking to bet on the games, you know who's going to win, right? you got to try mybookie.ag. And right now, just for listening to this podcast, use promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and they're going to match your deposit with up to 100% bonus. So try it now, mybookie.ag, promo code LOCKEDON. Hey, what's happening? It's your boy Q, host of the Locked On Raiders podcast. And I hope you guys feasted on the MyBookie Turkey Day free play that allowed users to grab themselves a risk-free bet up to $250. It was basically a free shot at trying to double your money. If you didn't get in on that, what are you doing? Nah, but seriously, now is the time to get some skin in the game with MyBookie, where odds boost, lightning deals, and free bets await all season long. And with the NFL playoffs right around the corner, we know who these teams are. We know what they're capable of, and it's not difficult to find some value in the lines. Whether you're a first-time customer or have been playing with MyBookie for years, there is no shortage of value to be found in the thousands of game lines, unique prop bets, and contests that they offer every week. Sign up or get reloaded today. Find an edge, make your bet, and get paid. They also boast a fully-fledged casino platform, giving you access to all the classic table, slot, and card games you'd expect to find at your local spot. And the best part is, at MyBookie, the doors never close, so you can continue to build your bankroll even after the stadium lights have gone out. Make the right play and sign up today at MyBookie. And when you do, use promo code LOCKEDON to get your deposit match halfway all the way up to 1000 bucks. The terms are simple. You put in $200, they'll match you with another $100 in your account. If you were already planning to bet this season, this is free betting money. It's winning season at my bookie, so come join in on the fun and win some cash while you're at it. This is Ross Jackson from Locked On Saints. This podcast is brought to you by Carvana. In the age of online retailers, buying a car should be no different, and that's why Carvana invented a brand new way for you to buy a car. That's 100% online. Without leaving the comfort of your couch, you can browse and buy from their selection of almost 20,000 cars. And once you've made the purchase, your car comes to you, delivered right to your door, or you can go and pick it up from one of the coin-operated car vending machines. All of Carvana's cars come with a seven-day return policy, ensuring that you get a car that fits perfectly with your life. Not happy? Exchange it or return it for a full refund. And with its dedication to customer service, it's why hundreds of thousands of customers have ditched the dealership and given Carvana 4.7 stars in customer satisfaction. So check it out, the nation's fastest growing auto retailer at Carvana.com, C-A-R-V-A-N-A.com, Carvana.com. It's interesting, Joe, because to me, Building that perfect, it's so hard. I mean, they missed on two premium draft picks. I keep hearing, and I don't want to get too much into the draft, but I keep hearing how they need to invest with high draft picks in the offensive line. And I heard Dave Lapham talk about this yesterday. The Jacksonville Jaguars didn't invest high picks in the offensive line. Like, There's more than one way to do it. To me, to to me, I I looked at uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, and they have Alex Smith. And I know he's been playing well, but it's more of a 2015 season for him. He's playing really well but we know what he is limited I don't trust him in the playoffs that's what he is him and Andy Dalton are about the same to me he's got everything around him right now that he could ask for there's a reason they drafted Pat Mahomes so what the Bengals need to do this offseason is find their Pat Mahomes yeah I'm for that listen when you look around the AFC right now you got the Patriots you have the Steelers they're probably gonna end up the one and two seed right Mm -hmm. um are there any other quarterbacks? And I'm not even scared of Ben Roethlisberger when I'm thinking big picture here. 
it's really Tom Brady and the Patriots in the playoffs. Yeah. They probably run away with it unless they get upset at some point in the playoffs, which is perfectly expected from, from you know, coming into this year. You're not scared of Tyrod Taylor, any of McCown and for the Jets, Tannehill Cutler, you know, Joe Flacco, whoever the Browns are putting out there. Andrew Luck may never play again. Deshaun Watson's out for the season now, but he looked really good. Uh, Bortles, I mean, I'm not scared of them even after watching them beat us. It, it's just, you keep going through the, the, the AFC West, even Alex Smith, Philip Rivers. My point being, you have an opening in the AFC, whether it's not this year or next year, and Brady's you know, going to play a few more years, that opening is coming, and maybe two years from now, maybe three years from now. Dalton is 30 years old now. You don't want that window to open when Dalton's 33, and who knows at that point. You want that window opening when that quarterback you draft this next year is in his third year, in his second year even, hopefully, and he's cheap, and you can spend the money to build around him. And Because this roster isn't bad. I think a new coaching staff's coming in. Uh, you come in with a new quarterback, too. And you could be at the forefront of not just your division going forward, but the AFC. I honestly believe that because I do think the structure in the organization is fine right now. They 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 know they can lean on the, the, the draft. They know they can retain most of their talent. Um, they need to hit on their draft a little bit better. They need to draft a little bit better, but it's there. And a new coaching staff, fresh ideas, fresh eyes, hopefully comes with a quarterback. And I do think there's some hope into the future. If they do that, if you go offensive line, Defensive tackle, tight end, I don't know, any of those positions. It's its the same as what you've done. It's what you've kept doing. It's not going to get you over the hump and make it you back to the point you were at, which wasn't good enough. I agree. He's Joe Goodberry on Twitter, at Joe Goodberry. It's funny how we agree on stuff. Guys, we don't rehearse this, I swear. Um, <laughs> I, I just have to get your thoughts on a few things, and it really isn't film-oriented because I've asked you the impact that John Ross could potentially have. But uh, I'll ask you this. What was the impact of uh, Cody Core being active for his all of uh, two snaps and some special team snaps on Sunday? No impact. In fact, <laughs> he, was a, he was a decent gunner those first few weeks before he got hurt. And I was like, you know, Cody Core, he can help on special teams. He had a couple penalties throughout the year. But, you know, overall, yeah, he could help there. Is That's what you need out of that fifth receiver is a guy who's going to be active on special teams. And the gunner role is great for him. They activate him. I figure that's what he's going to do. He doesn't. It's actually Alex Erickson, and he downs the ball inside the five-yard line, and Erickson does the job just as well. And I go, okay, so I guess they're not using core on special teams. Uh, they get into a third down, and I believe they're down by 16 to 7 at this point. They try a deep shot to Josh Malone. It's overthrown. Uh, they punt. This punt's returned for a touchdown, and who misses the tackle? Cody Core. He offered you nothing. That yeah. special team that they lean on so often has bitten them way too many times. It's, it's Three a straight weeks. Why they like... Yeah, right. It's a, remember last year, the, um, the William Jackson decision or Cedric Pierman? Yeah. They said, we'll go with special teams. Really? Because I'm watching Marshawn Lattimore with the Saints, and now he looks like Darrell Rebus. He looks like he's going to be a shutdown corner. But from what we've seen from William Jackson, I think we have a number one corner also. And that's not to say he couldn't have helped this team last year at corner as a rookie. Um, I just think it's crazy how they lean on special teams and, and just say, you know, and maybe John Ross isn't ready. But Cody Core has offered you nothing. The, the guy they were telling us was the most improved player in the offseason, and he, he's going to contribute. We think he's a really good receiver. He still does not have to catch this year. And if he's on special, if you're activating, activating him because he's a special team standout, well, he didn't stand out positively this week. Joe, one last one for you, and it's uh, obviously at least most people consider him the Bengals' best defender in Vontez Perfect. 
you made a comment to me that Vontez doesn't look the same when you watch him on film. And I thought in the preseason he was going for an MV, defensive MVP type year. He Agreed. looked great. He looked in shape. He was fast. He was physical. Um, he was making plays. And then we found out he got suspended. Uh, he misses those three games. He comes back. He thought he was decent that first week when they were limiting his snaps a little bit. Uh, they lose Kevin Minter. They got a kick perfect inside, which was their own decision. You know, no one really asked for it. But we were all, I think we were all curious to see him play inside anyway, because that might be his future. Um, and I'll be honest with you, he looks like he's a little out of shape still. He, he the, Like those three weeks off didn't really help him at all. Uh, and I know he got banged up. He missed. He left the game three times uh, this past Sunday. But yeah. that's not too out of the norm for him. That's how he plays, and he misses time all the time. Misses one play and comes back in. Uh, it reminds me of last year when I thought he looked out of shape and slow. There was a lot of plays to the outside, a lot of missed tackles for him. I think they had him uh, for every two and, a, two and a half tackles he had. He had a missed tackle this past game. Uh, that's a pro football focus stat, but uh, it, it, it was on tape. He was just all over the place, and even and I don't mean flying around all over the place. He was just undisciplined and just running to wherever he wanted to, and was missing missing tackles. I just for a guy that's supposed to bring the energy, this team lacked it completely. So if you're not going to be that, you're not going to be a physical run defender because they got run on consistently. It wasn't big chunks, but it was a consistent run game. I just don't know, you know, what he was there for other than getting a, a couple of nice hits while they're already down by 15 or whatever it was. He's Joe Goodberry. Follow him on Twitter, at Joe Goodberry. I appreciate the time. Um, it, it feels like we're, we're leaning towards uh, a high pick in the draft in, in quarterbacks and offensive linemen. So uh, the, the thing is, Joe, is like last year's draft season to me, like it, it took forever. It felt like such a long time. And I think we're going that way again because in early January we're going to be looking towards the draft. And we're going to have to debate last year's draft again. I mean, because <laughs> Ross, who knows how much he's going to play. Marvin Lewis made it sound like he – I hope he contributes this year. That didn't give us a lot of faith. But the next two picks are quarterbacks in Mahomes and Watson. And now the Bengals are going to be in a position. Now they're picking currently six. We'll see how it ends up at the end of the year. I think they'll be in that range. But – Again, we'll be bringing up quarterback, and you're going to naturally compare them to Mahomes and Watson, too, because, again, we talked about this, I think, two weeks ago, how they didn't want to consider quarterback, and now here we are, and you know they may have a hold there. And by the way, if you're just tuning in, just finding us here on Locked on Bengals, we were the ones who said, I think the only two probably, that said the Bengals should have considered a quarterback last year. So let's pat ourselves Definitely. on the back, Joe. <laughs> no, we talked about that, though, for sure, because you can't rule it out. And it sounded like that's exactly what they did. And uh, obviously, I think that's that's a mistake. I don't think everyone knows that. Yeah, Joe, you're, you're the man as always. I will uh, talk to you next week. Thanks, James. That's Joe Goodberry. Be sure to give him a follow on Twitter, at Joe Goodberry. Great stuff from him, as always. A ton, a ton the rest of the week. I'm going to the Bengals locker room. Later today, heck, by the time you hear this, I'll probably have already went. So you're going to hear locker room audio on tomorrow's podcast. We will continue all things Bengals. And feel free to vent to me. You can email me, James Erpine at ESPN1530.com. On Twitter, at James Erpine, at Locked on Bengals. Until next time, I appreciate you guys for tuning in to the Locked on Bengals podcast. Did you watch the 2020 Reds with higher expectations than a first-round wild-card exit of epic proportions? Did you think that 
the Reds hitting would come around with the signings that they made last offseason. Are you wondering who is asking you all of these questions? Hi, my name is Jeff Carr, and I host the Locked On Reds podcast each and every day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Throughout the offseason, I'm going to take a look at these Reds, how they fix what didn't work in 2020, and how they continue their success in 2021. But wait, there's more. I'll also have interesting interviews with players, writers, and everyone in between talking about the Cincinnati Reds. Come join me on the Locked On Reds podcast each and every day.